would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We acknowledge that the stories, traditions and living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples on this land and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. This was always and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello gorgeous humans. Welcome to another self-adventure club conversation. I'm your host, Sarah Harney. I am the curator, creator, maker of self-adventure and your facilitator for today. You probably already know me, but if not, I am a writer, a maker, a mama. I live and work on the beautiful Ghana country in South Australia, and it is just such a bloody honor to be here with you. I'm also a podcast producer, so obviously the club conversations have a little bit of a podcast vibe, but essentially I want them to feel like a really powerful masterclass or an insight into someone's expertise and opinions and really get to the heart of what they think about stuff. As always, I want you to take what works for you, take what resonates for you and leave the rest behind. I am always, always, always believing that you are already enough. There is nothing that you need to fix. You are already incredible just as you are. But how fun is it to learn things that might be able to take us forward, be kinder to ourselves or learn a little bit more about ourselves. So that's the purpose of these conversations. And today we are joined by the incredible Jolinda Johnson. Jolinda is an award-winning certified life coach and holistic health coach who specializes in burnout and perimenopause. She's obsessed with helping change makers and revolutionaries get back their spark so they can go set the world on fire. How good is that? She wants to change the narrative around perimenopause and give attention to the voices that are typically left out of the conversation, including BIPOC, LGBTQIA+, and people under 45. She's a sought-after guest on podcasts, has been featured on the cover of Inspired Coach magazine, and was the recipient of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy CEO Shine Award in 2021 which is actually how I discovered her. She's also taken to the stage as a motivational speaker for other life coaches and can be found on the popular website Healthline. And very quickly, I'm sure you will see why I was so drawn to Jolinda's knowledge and approach. We had the most incredible chat. We just launched straight in to burnout chat and it all hit a little too close to home for me at the moment, but that's okay. That's why we're working on things, right? So yeah, let's get straight into it. I hope that you enjoy this chat. So let's get into it. And here is my adventurous chat with Jolinda Johnson. Thank you so much for being here. It is such an honor to have you in the Self-Adventure Club Conversations. Yeah, it's so wonderful to welcome you into this space. Oh, thank you for having me, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) Obviously, your work is, you know, covers a lot of the experience of being human, but something that I am deeply struggling with at the moment, so very selfishly would love to begin with, if you're open to it, is our experience of burnout. And I think it's pretty, you know, it's a bit of a global phenomena in terms of, you know, pandemic life and all of that kind of stuff, but potentially as working women or as working parents, that's certainly what I'm feeling up against at the moment is that idea of loading my plate a little bit too full and then feeling 
like I'm either in or verging on burnout. So I wanted to ask you, what can we watch out for when it comes to burnout? Hmm. Well, according to the World Health Organization, burnout should only be used in an occupational context, which I don't agree with. (laughs) For me, um, burnout is chronic stress without recovery. And that stress can come from a variety of sources, regardless of our jobs. And it happens in four stages. And the first stage we typically ignore because it's so normalized in society to feel wired but tired, um, to have a lot on our plate and to actually feel a sense of accomplishment from overstretching ourselves but getting it all done anyway, to need that morning coffee to get an extra energy boost and to perhaps wind down with wine at the end of the day because we have to relax with some wine, food, scrolling TV because we're out of our bodies and we don't know how to actually come back to baseline in a way that's truly supportive. You know, so we zone out, we numb. And these are all early warning signs of burnout, which most of us don't do anything about because again, everyone's doing it. The second stage of burnout, especially for those of us who menstruate, although it's also normalized, that can sometimes get people's attention because it often involves worse symptoms of PMS, heavier periods. If you have a history of fibroids or ovarian cysts, those can become worse. But in general, it's also needing that second cup of coffee, waking up, not feeling as fresh as you used to, uh, kind of, you know, dragging through the morning a bit craving sugar, especially in the afternoon around three or four. Waking up at between two and four in the morning is is a really hallmark sign. These are all signs of dysregulated cortisol. The PMS symptoms and the, the heavier periods, it's all to do with estrogen, relative estrogen dominance, because to keep up with the higher cortisol production, our bodies deprioritize the production of progesterone. And that's the hormone that balances estrogen. So then we go on to burnout stage three, which is often when people are a little more concerned because of the brain fog, especially with high achievers. You know, we think our brains are invincible, but initially it feels good. We become super person. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I, but. Later on, in in the later stages of burnout, that constant prioritization of stress hormones means that we're not thinking as clearly. We feel like we're losing our edge. We feel a general sense of exhaustion as we go through our day. We might be having a third cup of coffee, a fourth cup of coffee, and it's still not doing anything. So the third stage of burnout is like, wow, I really just am starting to feel flat until 10 p.m. And then I get a second wind and... I try to do everything that I didn't have the energy to do earlier. And that's also something that gets us in trouble earlier on because a lot of us are so stretched during the day with responsibilities that we feel like the only time we have to unwind is late at night. Kids are in bed or when everyone else is asleep. I mean, even if we live alone, it's you know when no one is sending us alerts on our phone, for example. And so we can set ourselves up for this flipped cortisol pattern in the future. And then eventually burnout stage four, that's when you have total body dysfunction, dysregulation, when cortisol becomes chronically low. So it goes from high to dysregulated, which, you know, highs and lows or flipped, you know, so it's low when it's supposed to be high and then high when it's supposed to be low. But then eventually you just 
get low cortisol. And that's when you slept for eight hours and you still feel just totally depleted. Um, it's almost like the bottom's fallen out because you can't tap into your creative energy. Really difficult to do just simple cognitive tasks. This is the point where a lot of people say, I feel like I'm losing my mind, especially with high achievers because we're so used to lots of output. And so it can be scary when we sit down and it's like, okay, I've got to write, I've got to write this email. It's like, what do I even say? <laughs> so, and but then this is also the point where a lot of us are diagnosed with autoimmune conditions. Hashimoto's for one, IBD, irritable bowel disease, as well as, you know, gut issues can happen throughout all of these. But in the later phases, a lot of us will will notice that our digestion is off because again, that's another thing that's deprioritized when we're chronically stressed is, is our digestive changes, our ability to digest food. Over time, it changes our microbiome. And so much of our immune system also has to do with our gut health. And so this is all working in tandem. Our hormones and our gut work together and they're both affected by chronic stress. So I hope that gives you Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. And so fascinating. Like I hadn't linked some of those things together. And I guess, is that why we tend to think, oh, then we get a cold or then we get, you know, we catch the thing that's floating around or especially at the moment you might get the latest, you know, strain of COVID that's in your town or whatever, because I was just thinking it's, yeah, you're, you're run down or you're tired, but actually, yeah, there's a deprioritization happening. Yeah. When we're chronically stressed, our immunity goes down. So that's one of the the best things you can do to stay healthy all year round is to (laughs) de-stress. Yeah. And the biggest issue that I see with my clients is it's what I call thinking brain override, where I hear this all the time, but I'm really not that stressed. And I feel like so many of us are used to a level of stress in the 21st century that is just so discounted. But you have to think for our bodies, I mean... We are constantly getting alerts. We are constantly being fed news. You know, even if it's not like official news, it's like information coming at us all the time. Situations that we are juggling, you know, relationships, roles, responsibilities. And for a lot of my clients, because our bodies adapt over time. So let's say I'm working with someone in their mid thirties and they've been involved in certain patterns since they were 18. A lot of it, it starts in university. You get to your mid thirties, you're like, but it's it's always been this way. I've always been able to handle it. And thinking brain override is basically that, that's the stories we tell ourselves. Like, I've just got to keep going. I can handle it. This is no big deal. When your bodies are actually saying, sending you all these signals, I need rest. I need to take a break. And we also have to acknowledge that We are, as a result of capitalism, we are in this system that this is what I see every, like, as we continue on, we are just more and more being made into machines. It's like with, and we we expect ourselves to perform at the same rapid speed as machines. And efficiency and consistent, repetitive, yeah, action. And we're holding ourselves to those standards. One of the things that I really had to get used to is letting go of the urgency. So if someone emails me, I actually, I will check in with myself and my capacity and let that go. I don't have to respond immediately if it's not the right moment. Same with text messages or, you know, WhatsApp messages. 
do I need to respond to this now? Actually, no, I don't. And just letting that be okay. Yeah. But so many of us are used to like, beep, 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 oh, beep, beep, beep. And how do you do that? Is it as simply as checking in with yourself? I mean, it's not simple, but is that literally what you do? Well, it is simple. It's just not easy for a lot of us. Right. Because so many of us have these stories tied to our self-worth and our level of productivity determines our self-worth. And a lot of us are running from really old stories around uh, validation and safety and performing. You know, if I do this at 100%, then I will be rewarded. If I'm rewarded, then I'll be safe. That idea of being needed as your worth or love or appreciation. Absolutely. And when I work with my clients, a lot of us will go back to 10 years old, eight years old. And I'm a coach, I'm not a therapist, so we don't spend a lot of time there. But my point is, is that these things start early. And a lot of, you know, a lot of these narratives that we tell ourselves that are also supported by larger societal narratives have deep roots. Yes. Yeah. It's like your family of origin. And do you find that sometimes it's tricky to find out what's say for yourself or your clients, like what's my actual opinion versus what was just the rules or stories in my family of origin or what's the rules or stories in the societal, you know, the broader community, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think that's why working with a space holder, you know, whether that be a coach, a healer, a therapist, and even though you would go to those people for different things, it's so much easier when you have a mirror reflecting back these things that you have assumed to be true so that you can get them out of your head and then you put them on the table and examine what's really going on. And a lot of times just saying things that we've held on to that we've never shared out loud can be very powerful to realize, okay, is that really true? Or is that just something that I've believed? And I'm getting to a point in my own life where I, I'm just realizing how many things are truly made up. You know, on a societal level, one of the things that I've realized in the last couple of years is that so many of the things that I was conditioned to fear are things that actually bring me happiness at this point in my life. But they don't go with that societal model of not even success, but just you know, the, the expectations, so to speak. And yet, I think it's really important that we look at who is this model for? And as a woman of color, a lot of these systems were specifically designed to oppress me. So it makes sense that I feel better if I veer away from them, (laughs) right? Um, Totally. But a lot of this literally was not made for me. No, it (laughs) was not, you know. And so, but the thing is, a lot of us will say, the system is correct, it's me that's wrong. I just have to work harder to fit into this system. Gotcha. As opposed to the system is messed up and you know what word I actually want to use. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with swearing if you want to swear. (laughs) You know, it's like this system is fucked. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. But this system was never designed for me. Yeah. And as you say, on the soft level, not designed for me. And on the worst level, designed to take advantage of me, to oppress me. Yeah. Yeah. As As a person of color. Absolutely. And how how scary, but how liberating to try and step back 
and examine those things. Can you give me one of the examples of just of one of the things that you have discovered that you were fearful of, but you are feeling freedom in now? Well, one of the most basic examples is being divorced. Right. I never thought that I would be happy being divorced um, and raising a child with someone that I wasn't married to. I also am in a long-term, long-distance relationship. So we've been together for four years, but he lives in a different country. He lives in the UK and I live in Spain. And at the beginning of that, there was a lot of resistance toward it. But how do I make this work? And I wanted it to be like a normal relationship. Then through the pandemic, we, we separated a couple of times just because we were going, you know, nine months without being able to see each other because of all the restrictions. And, you know, it was just kind of, what are we doing? But even when we took the label off of our relationship, we still wanted to talk every day. And, you know, the love never went away. But at this point, I'm like, okay, what's the problem here? I have an incredibly intimate connection with someone who... I see every day, you know, on, on, on the phone, we're physically together once a month between raising my son, who's almost eight and running my business. I don't really have the need for someone to be physically here, especially since I really do enjoy my own time. And I think back to when I was married, living with someone and we were together for eight years to, all, all together. And I was never we never had those intimate conversations. I was never seen with my current partner. I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to be on the defensive because he, he either knows where I'm coming from already because he's also deeply intuitive or he holds space for what I, what I actually need to say without the judgment. And, you know, and, but that's something like you can't, how could you be happy living with someone who's like not in the same house? Another one is running my own business. You know, I, as a perimenopause coach, you know, as, as a burnout coach, um, what? Like that wasn't even a thing. Like, I was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? But it certainly wasn't a thing, you know, back in the 80s. And even now, if I say I'm a perimenopause coach, perimenopause is so taboo. It's like, what? You know. If you are listening on the podcast feed, you're going to get a little snippet. And if you would like to hear the longer episode, please join the digital version of the club. Also, if you're as exhilarated by Jolinda's epicness as I was, you can find them at Coach Jolinda on Instagram or jolindajohnson.com. And until the next conversation, thank you so much for listening. And here's to the adventure.